live from WSC News, this is Politically Inclined. I'm Lydia Blackstone. And I'm Isaac Lawson. Coming up on this week's show... Tomorrow is the big day. Tomorrow is election day, not just for local elections, but also two interesting governor races that may give us insight into the current shape of Republicans and Democratic parties. Here with us to discuss all things elections and voting behavior is USC political science professor Dr. Robert Oldendick. Plus, we've interviewed all of the four candidates for mayor, and tomorrow we will see who will emerge as our city's new mayor. We will break down the candidates as well as the other positions you will be voting for on tomorrow's ballot. The news is first. Live from WUSC News, I'm Logan Rogers. The Supreme Court today went through hearings on the infamous Texas abortion law which not only outlaws abortions after six weeks, but allows any citizen to sue anyone trying to get an illegal abortion and anyone abiding them. Obtaining and guaranteed $10,000 from the state government. This method, enforced, this, this, infor this method of enforcement gave concern to many of the justices on the court. Justice Kavanaugh went on the record to state, quote, there's a loophole that's been exploited here or used here. It could be free speech rights, it could be free exercise of religion rights, it could be Second Amendment rights. The Student Health Center will begin providing COVID-19 vaccine boosters, according to an email sent on October 29th. The email states that Moderna and Johnson & Johnson vaccine boosters will be immediately available for any students, faculty, or staff members aged 18 and up. The health center said that those who received a Johnson & Johnson shot should receive their booster at least two months after their first shot, and for Moderna, at least six months after their second dose. Appointments can be made on My Health Space. Eligibility details will also be available online. The COVID-19 dashboard has been updated as cases remain low on campus. There are currently 47 positive COVID-19 cases, 43 students, and four faculty and staff members, bringing the percent positive to 0.5%. 67.1% of students and 75.9% of faculty are fully vaccinated. Saliva testing and vaccinations are available through the university. Stocks today have the Dow Jones up by 94 points, the NASDAQ up 97 points, and the S&P 500 up 8 points. It's currently 69 degrees outside with a low of 47 tonight. Tomorrow will bring more clear skies with a high of 74 and a low of 49. For WUSC News, I'm Logan Rogers. listening to Politically Inclined from WUSC News. With tomorrow being election day, elections are not just only being held here in Columbia, but also governor's races in Virginia and New Jersey. One of the first big races post the 2020 presidential election that may give us some insight on the current state of both political parties. Here with us to break down voting and election behavior is political science professor, my voting and election behavior professor, Dr. Robert Oldendick. Thanks for joining us tonight. You know, just to start it off, we're excited about tomorrow's election day here. Um, and while, you know, candidates, we see a lot of candidates like Daniel Rickman that's really trying to bring in a lot of college voters. We see Tamika Isaac Devine really trying to bring in a lot of different voters as well, um, just to work to get more people registered um, and everybody at the polling places tomorrow. Local elections, however, tend to have a much less voter turnout. Why is that? 
Well, because it's what we call low salience election and people don't pay as much attention to it. And part of it is because uh, they're not given as much information. I mean, if you contrast it with the largest campaign with the presidential campaign, it goes on essentially continuously. I mean, we're already in the 2024 presidential election. And so there's all this buildup, <clears throat> there's all this attention, there's all these campaign ads that are uh, run throughout the course. Whereas with local elections, it's <clears throat> not as much funding involved uh, and people don't really understand the, the importance of local elections, which if you think about it really is rather perverse in the sense that a national election, uh, whoever the president is may not have that much of an impact on your day-to-day -day life. But if you think about the type of decisions that are made by city councils, in this case, Columbia City Council, whether it has to do with economic development or where um, money is spent in terms of, of health districts or water and, and, and sewer rates, or those things really do have a greater impact on people's day-to-day -day lives that just, uh, it doesn't get as much attention, it doesn't resonate as much with the public. Right, right. So along with fundraising and campaign financing, those are two topics of interest to you. And Dr. Oldendick, Lydia tells me as she's taken your uh, election and voting behavior class, I've heard a lot of wonderful things about it, but currently, can you tell me what you know about the money and how has that been raised uh, during this mayor election? And how do you think the funds impact local elections? Well, in this particular election, we, we at least of the, the, the mayoral candidates, we know as of October 19th uh, how much money they raised. And uh, of the four, uh, Daniel recommends ahead, he's raised about uh, a little over $400,000 by that point. Probably at this point, it's probably close to a half a million. Uh, to me, guys like Devine's in second place, a little bit behind that, maybe about $20,000. Uh, Sam Johnson uh, raised a little over $250,000. And then Mo Bedora has been last. He got a late start. Uh, has not really been aggressive in terms of his fundraising. Um, and it's a little less than $15,000. Now, information on Columbia City elections is available from the South Carolina Elections Commission. So you were, you were able to go there and actually see who the contributors are and uh, how much everybody contributed so that the, the list of people you can tell kind of who is, who is supporting the different candidates. And to the extent that that is a quote unquote endorsement, uh, if people kind of dig into that information, it may show where support is coming from. But you know, this is, it's, it, everything is relative, certainly. This is much less than the typical you know, House race or Senate race. But if you think about for a, a it's a, a large city, obviously, but uh, you know, having a, a candidate, a successful candidate is gonna raise probably a, a half a million dollars to actually uh, be competitive in this race, kind of gives you an idea of uh, how, much, how much money there is in politics. And can it make a difference? Well, certainly it can make a difference. The, the, the uh, candidate that raises the most money doesn't always win, but certainly we've seen in this election, raising that type of money gives the candidate the ability to spend it on campaign ads, particularly television ads, which are kind of the, the most expensive. Uh, if you've been paying any attention at all to this race, over, you know, you've seen uh, the, the ads for Daniel Rickman that, that kind of started first, and he's probably had the most, at least the ones that I've seen. But starting to the middle of the end of last week, uh, the, the, Tamika Isaac Devine and, and 
Uh, Sam Johnson started to have some of their campaign ads. And so uh, in that sense, in terms of the, the types of things that are needed to run a successful campaign, money's important. Yeah, of course. And another, you know, topic that we talk about when you're talking about voting and elections behavior is is all registering to vote here in South Carolina. Some would say it's simple. Some would say it's really complicated. Um, but either way, what is the current way of registering in South Carolina? And um, do, are we a state that has same day registration for those that might want to go out to the polls tomorrow but might not be registered? Uh, we don't have same day registration. It's a two step process. You have to be registered have 30 days before the election uh, in order to be able to vote. So we still have this, this two-step process in South Carolina. Um, and, and certainly, you know, you have to be registered in order to vote. Uh, and one of the things that's going to be, uh, you know, important, and it's important in every election, it's a cliche, but, but turnout's going to be important. And it is, again, one of those things about local elections where typically in local elections, uh, turnout is, is very low, relatively speaking, typically it's about 25%. And we really don't know uh, what turnout is going to be tomorrow. And we really don't have a good comparison point because um, the elections four years ago was really kind of the, the lowest turnout election we've had historically in South Carolina because there really wasn't a, a mayoral race. Uh, you know, they, at that point, Mayor Benjamin was running unopposed and so while there were council district races, there was really a, you know, much less enthusiasm. There, were sing, there was single digit turnout. In 2010 and uh, in, in previous races, uh, mayoral turnout, it's been about between 25 and 30%. And we really don't know how national trends may affect turnout because we saw certainly in the national elections in 2018 and, and 2020, a lot more interest, a lot higher turnout in those two elections than previously. So is that going to have a spillover effect? Is, are people paying more attention to politics uh, given what's happened over the last five or six years? Um, and that's one of, the, one of the unknowns going into, into tomorrow, but certainly could be a factor in terms of uh, who turns out to win that mayoral election. I mean, talking about turnout, how do you get turnout bigger? If you're a candidate and you know you have all of these people that would vote for you if you could get them to vote, do you think the candidates that we have running for mayor and running for these at-large positions and district, do you think they've done a good job of getting new voters in? I think that every candidate kind of realizes how important this is and are doing pretty much everything they can uh, with the resources they have available. But it is again difficult to try to convince people voting takes some time. You've got to show whether we have you know kind of early voting, absentee voting that you can do. But you know you need to take the time to uh, kind of get interested in the issues, and you've got to have some reason to turn out. And um, again, as we've said, people are lacking this recognition of just how important this is, and so uh, it's a, it's an uphill battle for for any candidate. But certainly. Um, I'm sure that all the all the campaigns have worked. They they get a lot of people to turn out, but certainly to get their supporters to make sure that they get to the polls tomorrow. Of course. Now, lastly, I want to broaden the scope a little bit. Let's bring it out farther to the governor races in New Jersey and Virginia. Now, while Virginia is more of a battleground, what do you think a Republican win versus a Democrat win would mean to either party headed into the 2022 midterms? Well, that's one of the reasons we pay attention to these off-off-year elections, because 
we think that they might have some indication of how things have gone since the last presidential election. And certainly, uh, we're paying most attention to the Virginia's race just because it looks like it's going to be very close. And if the Republicans, if Clem Youngkin is able to uh, be able to pull off that victory, then it says that the Republicans are going to have some momentum going into 2022, that the Biden election back last November has certainly run into some problems in terms of getting major legislation passed. There's been some questions in terms of how the pandemic's been handled and uh, certainly the border situation in Afghanistan. You know, there, there's a lot of things that have uh, questioned how competent this administration is so that in that sense, if you look at those issues, to the extent that Virginia and New, Jer and New Jersey get nationalized, uh, the Republicans seem to have some momentum going into tomorrow. So Virginia should be a, a Democratic state. Biden won by about 10 percentage points. But the fact that most observers there think it's going to be very close and that Youngkin may be able to pull off the upset says that this is a this would be a, a warning shot for the, for the Democrats. New Jersey, I think, on the other hand, is it's a more democratic state. Uh, they don't have the same kind of issues uh, for, for Phil Murphy there that are, are kind of plaguing uh, McAuliffe in Virginia. So I think that uh, there'll be a the, the Democrats should win that one fairly handily. And but it means less in terms of uh, projections for 2022. Definitely a lot to be looking forward to tomorrow to see how this will all turn out. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Dr. Oldendick, and for all of your insight. Glad to do it. You're listening to Politically Inclined. Columbia's municipal election is being held tomorrow. Polls open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And it's what we've been talking about for the past couple weeks. And it's finally going to be decided tomorrow as we vote for mayor, a city at council at large seat, city council district four, and city council district one. Now, Lydia, before we go into the mayor election, we need to talk about the other elections that people are going to be seeing on the ballot. Uh, what are the other ones and who are some of the candidates? Let's break it down a little bit. Yes, Isaac, I think it's very important because usually, I mean, you hear about the big elections. It's the mayor election, but it's also a little a few other local elections. So it's important to be an educated voter before you go in. Um, to know that I just don't know the mayor people, but I also know the people that are running for the at-large position. We have an at-large position. We also have um, the spot. Um, that was Tamika Isaac Devine's um, old seat, of course, because you're running for mayor. She could become the new mayor, so her seat's being absent, so they're going to have to vote on that tomorrow. We have District 1. Um, and then we have District 2, which is Daniel Rickman's seat. Um, so, there, yeah, some different things going on with those. Um, I would say the most competitive one is going to be the at-large position, um, which all of Columbia votes on. When it's an at-large, what that means is that it's all of Columbia, the entire area. So, while I'm not in District 1 or District 4 tomorrow because I registered to vote here in of Columbia. <laughs> you know I did. Um, yeah. So, that one I'll be voting on even though I'm not a District 2 or, I mean, a District 1 or a District Two person. So let's talk about some of those candidates. Right. Um, what we're seeing right here is we have Tyler Bailey um, for the at-large position. Um, he grew up in Columbia. His dad's a pastor here. He talked a lot about on his website, on his statements, um, just how important his faith is to him. Um, has his own law firm. Um, 
yeah, he's an attorney. Then we have another one. We have you've probably seen signs of these people. So I mean, their familiar name recognition is going to be important tomorrow. Um, we have an IT professional, Heather Bauer. She um, her her platforms are safer streets, fewer potholes, more business. Like the fewer potholes, <laughs> of course. You know, typical South Carolina. <laughs> um, then we have a public health researcher, Dr. D.T. Bussels. She is for economic growth, community investment, and equitable opportunities. Something really cool about her is she's a first-gen American. Really? Um, yeah, always a cool thing right there. Um, then we have another attorney, John Krangle, environmental lobbyist, Deetra Matthews, photographer, Aaron Smalls, activist, John Tyler, but those two, three ones I mentioned at first, those are the ones we're probably going to see a lot more action with tomorrow. Right. You can definitely tell based on how people actually go about their campaign. Which signs are you seeing more? The more relevant Absolutely. the names are, the more relevant it's going to be when you're going into the voting booth. And with small local election, name recognition, I mean, you'd like to think that every voter goes in having a detailed background on every single person. But name rec recognition really matters in local right. elections. And this is definitely something that Tamika Isaac Devine is taking a risk on going to run for mayor and just leaving her position up. It's Daniel a shame Rickman that you can't too. just. It's a shame you can't just oh, put I a know. hold sign on it. Talk but about a risk right there. I like it. You I know, like with Daniel Rickman, there's only one person running for his seat. So yeah, it's Joe Taylor. He's running unopposed, so likely. I mean, we can say he's probably going to get. Oh, to I it. think so. That's what an unopposed <laughs> run means, but you can't ever say. Um, yeah. So then in District One, that's where we see. Um, Two different people up against each other. We see an attorney, Tina Herbert, and an officer, Krista Williams. Um, that's on the northern section of the city. That's where District 1 is. Um, but the seat was held 23 years by Davis, but he retired. So we're seeing some switch up there. But just three things voting on tomorrow. You may see two on your ballot, um, depending on where you live. You may see three, depending on different areas. If you're in District 1 or District 2 and you have a position to vote on but that that's the yeah. little other ones you'll see on there but we really want to talk about the mayor election so isaac run it down for us tell me the people yeah tell me so the players. we've got sam johnson we've got tamika isaac devine we got daniel rickman and we've got mo Badra. and so you're really seeing something come down to all right we've got two people affiliated with the business of columbia yeah and then we've got two more affiliated with the law and governmental side as well as both steve benjamin people right and it's really interesting to see that Almost all of these people have had some type of interest or experience within the city of Columbia or some type of experience within the governmental parties of Columbia. You've got people coming from the city at large seat. You've got councilman seats coming up. Uh, both Daniel Rickman and Mo Badra did hold uh, councilman positions. And then you've got Sam Johnson coming in uh, from working previously with the current mayor's office and helping him out. I mean, it's going to be a really interesting race lookout. This is a topic that we've been looking at. It seems like the whole entire show. I mean, we just love I the mean, mayor we election. We have <laughs> been battering it down. We have really <laughs> hit the nail with the hammer. I mean, we've talked to every single one of them. So I, me and you can say that we have talked to the future mayor and our plan. We'd love to have whoever wins on to talk about it. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. But, I mean, I feel like we've really gotten to know these candidates. I'm, I'm really invested in this. Right. <laughs> I think, you know, election days are always wonderful. I personally think they're wonderful. It gives a perfect opportunity for people, including students, to really get out there and give their opinions in elections. And one thing to note is the election doesn't always determine what's going to happen. Uh, all these public officials have their contact information, everything accessible. They're made to be public servants and mm -hmm. civil servants. So after the election's over, I like to emphasize that, yes, the voting matters, but their information is still there. Still 
outreach to your councilman. Absolutely. Get some outreach into the mayor. It's good to go ahead and reach out to all these people in order to uh, see what you want to happen in the community. So it's really going to affect how Five Points is going to be, the new era of Five Points, oh what's going to happen with that area, and what's going to happen with all the businesses in Columbia. Yeah. How is that going to be affected? And we've really nailed it with uh, the COVID-19 updates, how yeah. that's going to be affected within the city as well. So finally putting a closer to this election is tremendous for us, I think, on this show. I know. I think we should have a celebration tomorrow night while we're watching it on <laughs> WIS. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I'm just excited because this election, I've never seen so many students involved. I know on all my social media platforms, I see students with their I Voted stickers and supporting candidates and getting involved. Right. And that, for me, as a young person involved in politics, I know you as well, it's exciting. It's heartening to see that people care and that it matters because it really does. And I know tomorrow we are just as excited to right. figure out who our next mayor, who these positions are going to go to, and, and to get the yard signs out of the yard, right? Oh, you know, those stay up for a little while longer. They stay up till about Christmas time. It's kind of like that tree at the end of the yard. That tree that you take down at Christmas is going <laughs> to stay till February just about. <laughs> Christmas lights till January. Said best by Miss Taylor Swift. So it's Christmas lights till January and yard signs till December. Just we'll about. See. Yeah, <laughs> just about. Well, that is all that we have for this week. We are very excited that tomorrow we're encouraging everybody to go out and vote if they can, if they're registered, um, to get there and, you know, get their voices heard because it's so important. Absolutely. Uh, make sure to tune in each Monday at 6 for a discussion on the biggest political news. And Politically Inclined is a production by WSC News and is produced by Chelsea Bynes. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at WSC News and on Twitter at WSC News. The music for Politically Inclined is called Fluffy by Smith the Mister. You can go find other news shows and WUSC News podcast at garnetmediagroup.org. From WSC News in Columbia, I'm Isaac Lawson. And I'm Lydia Blackstone. We'll see you next week.